ladies and gentlemen, is there a goalie controversy in Boston? Following Dan Vladar's 34-save win in his first career start, should the Bruins trade Tuka Rask? We'll have that and much more. Oh, man. Uh, that's, that's a great start. I'm pretty sure everyone in the world just clicked off after those 20 seconds. Uh, and I promise I am kidding. Better be. <laughs> but that was a really great game from Vladar. Vladar? We're going with Vladar, right? As the pronunciation? I guess so. Why not? Let's do it. <laughs> Sounds good. Or, or or we can go as you suggested with uh, Danny V, but... Let's do it. <laughs> okay, just keep keep supporting both ideas. That's That sounds good. really helps to make a well, decision. <laughs> you know, I just want you to make whatever decision will make you the happiest. I'm just here to have fun. I hope uh, both teams have fun. Anyways, um, so it's been... Actually, it hasn't even been that long since we've done an episode. It's kind of shocking. Uh, it's only been, well, three games, but that's like four days, four or five days. Um, so we'll sort of briefly touch on the Rangers game. Um, obviously talk more about the first Pittsburgh game and obviously the second Pittsburgh one. Um, but really the talk about the Rangers and then the, the first Pittsburgh game is going to be pretty similar and even tonight's game it's still an issue of hey this team can't score at five on five but you know that's uh that's a perennial conversation i don't even know if that's the right word uh Besides those random five seconds of silence because Bradley accidentally muted his mic and then I just paused the recording to figure that out, um, he had a point that he was going to say. Oh, I was I was just saying that uh, when uh, Trent Frederick scored tonight, um, for it to be an even strength goal, it felt like the Bruins just like advanced to the Stanley Cup Finals or something. Oh my god, crazy. yeah. And, oh my god. I'm just now seeing Charlie McAvoy play 30 minutes tonight. Yep. Yeah, he... I, I didn't think he played that much. Like, I didn't notice him that much. But once I saw it, I was like, you know what? No, that makes sense. Like, yeah. He he was on ice for more than half the game. Like... Holy shit. Obviously, it makes sense because Tenorti went down. Like, McAvoy played three minutes on the power play, four minutes shorthanded. Like, I mean, Pasternak played six minutes on the power play. Almost seven. Like, oh, Bergeron actually played even more. Bergeron was at 6 minutes and 53 seconds on the power play. Like, Jesus, okay. And Zaboral only played 12 minutes tonight. Okay. Looks better tonight than he did previous night. I mean, yeah. Or, I was actually the Rangers game that he was not good at all in, which, I mean, no one was good in that Rangers game, so let's yeah. talk about it. Yeah, let's let's briefly Keith go Kincaid, through that. Legend. Oh yeah, Keith Kincaid with an 18 save shutout. Oh man, he had to work so hard that entire game. I I don't know how he made so many saves on so many shots. Yeah, they had it was what like they were 0 for 5 on the power play, right? Yeah, 0 for 5 on the power play. They had like I think it with there were like 15 minutes, 50 minutes passed, and they had like 13 shots, like. It it just did not... Nothing went right for them in that game. They couldn't get out of their own way. No. Most of the losses this year have felt like it's sort of been more just them beating themselves, right? Like... Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to take away from any of the, any of the other teams. Like, obviously, like, they have... all away. <laughs> yeah. Like... They have played the Bruins well, and they've clearly found a way to um, neutralize them. But, like, a lot of the times, it just feels like the Bruins beat themselves. And, like, uh, tonight, uh, Fluto tweeted out that uh, Coyle had his first shot tonight in six games. Your five-plus-million center 
didn't have a shot like for six games. Seven or something like that. Yeah. Dude, that term scares the shit out of me, but that's not what we're talking about. But yeah, no. When I was reading that tweet, I was like, did I like just in my brain read shots instead of goals? Like, what? Yeah, like I I saw that and I had to do a double take. I did not believe that. Like, I mean, it made sense uh, thinking about how much offense that this team has generated, but it just didn't. It didn't click, I guess. Those pesky shots on goal. Oh yeah, yeah. It was it was it was funny to see the difference between the Rangers game in which they had eighteen shots, and then that first Pittsburgh game in which they had forty three shots, and they could still only score one goal on forty three shots. <laughs> like, <laughs> between the two games, they had sixty one shots, one goal, and that Are was we against. Sure they had. Was that against Jari? Yeah. No, I. I don't believe that they had 43 shots on net. I thought they had maybe 25. Uh, like, it did. I don't know what the percentage are percentages are like for quality shots or even if that's a thing. But like, I, I was very surprised to see 43 shots at the end of that one. Yeah. Um, on the broadcast tonight, Jack Edwards actually brought up. Uh, high danger scoring chances, which I never thought he would ever <laughs> do, but um, he only said, "Oh, uh, a sight that I saw," which was wasn't specific enough. But um, he said that the Bruins had averaged less than one, or like around one high danger scoring chance per game, which I feel like that is impossible to only average one. <laughs> um. Because then he yeah. said that in this game tonight, uh, the 2-1 win, like, at the second intermission, they had eight high-danger scoring chances. So, like, I maybe he read it wrong and just saw for, like, one of the games it was only one. But, like, I, there's no way they would have only had, like, one, just one per game on average. Like, I just, I can't. I can't bring myself to believe that, despite how inconsistent and sometimes awful they've been. Very surprising. Just, it's like, I don't know, it's always something going wrong, I guess. Either like last night with Halak having that bad first period, or, you know, the power play's been awful. Like, one for four last night, and then one for four tonight as well. Like they need so much more from about every every spot on this team. There's more to give, and every night there's one thing that seems to go wrong. I love it though. Well, if we're talking about more more to give, um, actually, I just realized I can basically add one game to this entire stat line that I posted um, last night. I'll, I'll quickly just link it to you, but obviously I'll read it out. Um, so I posted this last night, but I'll just add a game on because I don't think any of these guys got points, any of the ones that I mentioned. Uh, Pasta, Marshawn, Grizzlick, Fredericks, Borobortra, yeah, no. I didn't mention any of them. So uh, the Bruins forwards outside the top line. So Craig Smith has a goal and three assists in his last 18 games. Charlie Coyle has three goals and one assist in his last 18 games. So uh, for those keeping track at home, that's four points for each of them in the last 18 games. Uh, Andres Bjork with zero points in his last 12. Uh, obviously, he hasn't played uh, in like two games. Uh, Corrali has a goal and an assist in his last 16 games. Uh, Wagner has a goal in his last 14. He didn't play tonight. Uh, Stadnika with a goal and two assists in his last 16, and Dabrask with two goals, four assists in 20 games played. So, funnily enough, the man with the most points out of those guys is the one that Bruins fans have actually been the hardest on, which is Jake Dabrask. But, I mean, six points in his last 20 games isn't anything to write home about. <laughs> but, nope. it's still just... I I don't get how that's happening. It's I don't I don't even know if you can call it a down year when it's everyone like that, right? Like there has to yeah. be something wrong and it's not just oh they're not lucky enough. Like 
something about leadership or coaching or just overall morale has to be off in that room. Obviously pure speculation, but like, you know. Yeah. I did not anticipate people saying uh, oh. uh, fire Cassidy. Oh, um, honestly, I was hoping someone was, someone was going to ask us that as a question, uh, which I don't think has happened. <sighs> no, you don't fire Cassidy. Um, if the Bruins miss the playoffs this year and they miss them like pretty bad, it is an option, but your anger and your blame should probably be sent more towards the GM who built the team. Now, yes, Cassidy certainly has his flaws and he has his guys that for whatever reason, he just decides to keep out of the lineup. Like Bjork seems to be one of those guys, um, different player, but same idea was like Donato kind of, kind of saw the same thing with like Julian and Spooner, you know, like that sort of idea. And like every coach has those guys, but like, Mm-hmm. it's i don't know i just i don't think cassidy is the one who should take all the blame this year he is a part of it for sure um but i don't know i i don't know how you can blame him for every single aspect of this team be like oh fire him fire him and it's and yeah. it's also just some of the people saying that or some of the people just who when krug and Chara left were just instantly like fire sweeney fire sweeney it's like Okay, let's calm down. Let's see how they do for the rest of the year. You know, when when Chara and Krug left, it's like, okay, let's see how they actually do in the season without this and see if Sweeney's plan of letting the young guys play works. Which, to be fair on defense, it actually kind of has, but there have been 40 million injuries. So, I, I don't know. I just, trading, not trading, oh my god, firing Cassidy doesn't make sense to me at this point. If they go on like a 20-game streak like this and it's awful, then yeah, sure. But as of right now, no. For sure. Is that sort of the same way you're feeling? Yeah, for sure. Especially after you read out like those stats, it's just like not Cassidy's fault that literally everybody is deciding to, you know, not score as if they decide mm-hmm. that. Um, but maybe you can argue, the only thing you could say is maybe he's not, I don't want to say motivating them, but, you know, that's the only way you can argue. But then again, that's not really that fair to Cassidy because, I don't know, you can't have, <laughs> what, what, what was that? The best, you had like three, four point players in their last 19 games or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smith, Coyle, both of oh. four points in the last 18. Like, Bjork, 12-game pointless streak. I mean, obviously, Corrali and Wagner, less they, less because they're fourth-liners, but, like, two and one points in their last, like, 15. Like, it's... You're not getting enough out of the players. And, like, yes, some of that falls on Cassidy, but you don't exactly know what the what is being said in the locker room and how everyone's been taking everything like you don't know what's happening you can't just be like oh cassidy's not getting them motivated enough it's like you don't really know that well everyone on twitter's an expert oh right yeah sorry they they all have insider sources um just like me you know at big bad bruin 73 is an nhl insider you know like i know everything uh, i always believe in you <laughs> yeah i it's just Obviously, we'll we'll talk more and more about it, and we have talked more and more about it for the last eighty years. But, like, yeah, five on five scoring is still an issue. Well, lack of five on five scoring is still an issue. But I don't think you can necessarily blame Cassidy for that when it's been an issue for the last four or five years. Like it was, like it's not just a Cassidy thing. It's a whoever is on the team. Like, I don't know. I. I really don't know. I don't know who who you blame. It's like a combination, really. If we were going to blame someone and not the players for their lack of finish this year, maybe it's Don Sweeney for for this being a perennial issue. But again, I don't think it's fully one person's, you know, fault Mm -hmm. that no one wants to score a goal. (laughs) 
no, like, yeah, some of it falls on Cassidy, some of it falls on the players, some of it definitely falls on Sweeney, too, but, like, I don't know, like, if after this year, like, the Bruins don't make the playoffs, like, I kind of said this earlier, but, like, I could understand firing, like, Sweeney, like, if nothing happens and he's still, he doesn't go forward at the deadline, right, like, and doesn't really make any yeah. moves, like, I can understand that. Um, especially probably getting another GM for what would then be sort of more of a rebuild that would make more sense. But um, I just, I don't know. <laughs> the people, I mean, it's Twitter, so it's obviously just reactionary, but like, I, yeah. I you're not going to fire a GM mid-season. Like, it rarely happens for a reason. Like, yeah, for sure. And back to what you were talking about going all in. I don't, there is no reason. We've been talking about this seems like every, obviously every year since what, 2018 now, about mm -hmm. which prospects you want to hold on to. The only real player that I would even, I wouldn't say he's untouchable, but you'd be pretty hesitant to trade him is Stud. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, really at this back, point. Okay. He's he could probably be a really good NHL, not really good. That's good. He is NHL he is definitely going to be a top four defenseman. I at least from yeah. what I've seen. But I mean, come on, you, this this is getting ridiculous. Like every year, it's the same problem, and we can't worry about mortgaging the future when there's really no future once this core retires. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, the Bruins. <laughs> Even if the Bruins hold on to these prospects and don't do anything, they're still going to suck in a few years, right? Yep. Like, unless they pull some Kevin Gordon stuff with the Rangers, like that quick of a rebuild or what what he also did with the Bruins. But like, unless that happens, which is so unlikely, the Bruins will be bad in a few years. Like, kind of have to like prepare for that. Like, that's that's <laughs> coming. This team's. Guys are retiring. Like, yeah, they will probably sell a Pasternak and McAvoy, but, like, they will not be this good. They will not be, like, last year, President's Trophy winning, year before, going to the Cup Finals. Like, they're not going to be like that. So, really, I don't see why you don't go all in, go for it while your prospects, you know, have have value and you can get good players out of them and just go for it. And if you miss and you don't, you don't win the cup well that's the nhl but it's i think it's better to take the shot and just go all in for it sort of yeah. like not to the obviously not as extreme as what um oh i can't think of their gm what columbus did in 1819 like they knew they were going to lose panarin and Bobrovsky probably in that offseason so they just went all in for it got duchene dizingalinen yes yarmo kekalinen um, like he just went all in and yeah, they lost to the Bruins in the second round, but I mean, <laughs> well, they, they swept Tampa. Um, but they also like, they tried something and they knew, yeah, it's probably not going to be the best on the other side of it. I mean, they're still actually like a playoff team, but the, the key mm -hmm. is they tried it. They went for it. And I think at this point with how old this core is, you got to you got to do that. And I don't yeah. just mean, oh, Heinen for Richie. I mean, you mean like uh, first Heinen feature back. Oh, yes. Heinen and Krug for Simmons. Exactly. <laughs> oh, I had to. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if I want to give contacts to anybody that doesn't know that, but uh, uh, they're, they're better off. Not. not yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, like, Oh man, I had something I was gonna say before I uh, mentioned what I mentioned. Ah, shoot. Um, yeah, I feel like sometimes I need to like write down my ideas like while you're talking, just to make sure I don't forget yeah. them. Okay, if if I think of it, we'll come back to it. But <laughs> all right. Um, uh... I mean, what well, like. Cassidy, Sweeney, five on five scoring, defense, upgrading, anything like that. Uh, I still 
just can't believe they've only had one five on five goal since that Rangers win. Yeah, since the four nothing win. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty bad. Nah, yeah. what do you mean? Nah, that's 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 real good. It's what you expect out of a team with, you know mm-hmm. two of the top wingers oh in the NHL, oh. top center. We'll like, get to it later when we talk about tonight's game, but when they miss those two empty nets tonight. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Marshans was so much more of a of a layup than pastas, but when he missed, I literally spiked my hat off the ground. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, they're going to come score right right now. Yeah, I thought that would have been um, that Dallas-Edmonton sort of thing. Y- you know that class. I can't think of who it was. Um, I, know it was I think it was Hemsky that scored, but yeah, I- everyone's seen that. Um, no, I just... I guess I guess we can kind of transition into that. Empty net fail. Empty net fail. It will come up absolutely. <laughs> um, I mean, hey, we can. I mean, we can get to that game because really, we wanted. Like this won't be as long as normal. Hopefully, I need to stop Not saying that because then it because then it's going to be two hours. But um, yeah, I guess I guess we can transition into the second uh, Pittsburgh game, which was tonight's. Uh, Daniel Vladar's first career start. How do we feel about this game? Well, going into it, <laughs> I was a little... Uh, uh, what's the right word for it? Going into the this two-game set, I was thinking they should have started either Vladar or Swayman the first game. Because they haven't been playing well. And give them the first half of the back-to-back where the team has more energy in case they have the rookie jitters, which... Vladar had none of that tonight. No. Holy shnikes. That save on... um, Oh, who was it? In the first period with the stick. I don't know who was on, but no, that save was phenomenal. Hold on. Incredible. Why do I feel like it was... That's going to drive me crazy until I hear who it was. Tuka uh, wouldn't have made that save. Sevier. Colton Sevier. No, oh, okay. Well, no one notable, so, but... Sniper. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but he looked as calm as an NHL vet, which is just incredible. 34 saves on 35 shots, and the one goal he let in, he got a piece of. He almost made it another incredible save. So, just... Unbelievable. A little nervous going in. I'm glad they started Vladar, though, over Swayman, I will say. I, I know everyone's excited about Swayman, but Keep I, I him really in don't want to have not the rush. allowing like five goals in a game and then losing his confidence. We that. don't need Malcolm Subban again. Thank you. Oh, my God. I, I watched the highlights the other day of his game with the Bruins there in St. Louis where he allowed three goals and then Rask spikes the chair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I... I, we can we can briefly touch on that. Yeah, like, uh, there was talk, like, obviously, like, Halak, I mean, we didn't even mention it. Halak had a bad game against Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, it was a lot, was yeah, it was a lot of what we saw in the bubble, those low glove goals. I don't know what it is, but he just can't make a save when it goes low glove. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, going, going into this, I was like, yeah, let's, Let's play Vladar. He's been with the team, basically, like, I mean, for, for most of the year, like, he's been there. He's been on the taxi squad. He's been there as backup. Uh, He was obviously there in the bubble as a backup for Halak. Like, let's sort of go with, like, I don't know. I can't think of what the right word is, but, like, he's clearly, like, the number three guy. Let's stick with him. Let's not rush Swayman. Just stick with the guy who the Bruins have had there as their second option basically with Halak so you know it it makes more sense to just keep that guy there because he's he's been practicing with the team he's obviously going to be familiar much more familiar than Swayman is and I well it clearly worked out with Vladar and Nett so can't complain just all the quotes from Vladar after the game and you know the there's a little uh, reaction there after the clock hits zero. It's just, oh. 
so oh, yeah. nice to have a lighthearted game after what the team's been doing. Uh, lighthearted, uh, well, I don't know about that one. I was very nervous at the end of the game when, you know, when two of the, like, when two players with, like, two of the best shots in the NHL both missed an empty net. Yeah, no. <laughs> Wasn't, uh, but no, I, I know what you mean. Those, like, his reaction, getting his first ever win on in his first ever start, um, and then all those quotes, you know, saying he's the happiest guy in the world. Uh, there hadn't been a better day for him hockey wise. Uh, and that, he, and he said he's probably gonna sleep with the puck tonight, which can't say I blame him. <laughs> but no, that's that's just one of those like classic hockey stories where it's like it's it's almost close to what uh, Joey Decord did with uh with the Sens a few nights ago. You know, coming in and and playing a game, getting your first ever win in like such a weird fashion and in such a weird year too. Like, uh, I I can't imagine what that feeling is like, especially for him when that buzzer went. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Obviously, we'll. <laughs> there are already like three questions that we have about oh Vladar backup backup it's like okay let's chill <laughs> he just played one game like it was a great game he looked really good um one thing I really noticed was like his positioning was great but like let's not get ahead of ourselves okay come on I'd like to see him play one of the Buffalo games and let Rask really make sure he's right before coming back uh see. yeah I agree with that like if Rask is not 100% then yeah don't don't force him. Like you have two capable goalies, it seems. Besides Rask, yeah. uh, or even give Halak a little bit of a break. He's been playing a lot since Rask aggravated that injury. I don't know. Maybe yeah, he he's looked just swept up in the moment. <laughs> yeah, Halak looked tired uh, last night. Yeah, I can't blame him. For I mean, yeah, playing a lot, and the team hadn't been good in front of him. And then, of course, you know, the team starts to play a little better in front of him, and he lets in softies, but. That's uh, that's hockey, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I, like that the the first Pittsburgh game. Like, I saw some people like just blaming it on a Halak. It's like, no, it's not. It's not his fault. They scored one goal in forty three shots. Yeah, that's. You can't have that. Mental gymnastics to blame that on the goal. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you can justify blaming that on lock there like yeah he those first two goals he absolutely should have had but mm-hmm. i mean even then like three goals through two periods like you should be able to match that especially when you're getting that many shots and that's sort of that's sort of the issue <laughs> yeah, i will say allowing those goals when your team's not doing that well in front of you that is a um what's the, the best word oh i'll be pg about it a backbreaker. Yes. I'm glad you're very PG. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, as for tonight's game, sort of getting back to that, I mean, what'd you think of Oscar Steen? He played... How long? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he played nine minutes and 13 seconds. It was the... Oh, no, it was actually the third least out of any Bruins forward because Steen played 9-13, Kuhlman played 9-12, and Frederick, who scored the game winner, played 9-06. I don't like that Frederick's only getting nine minutes. I get he was on the fourth line, right? I don't know. I think he deserves more ice time. Yeah, I don't like Frederick getting nine with Crowley getting, like, 13. Yeah, Uh, and, like... I don't know. Like, it's not like you got players ahead of him who are playing so much better than he is. He's definitely one of their best forwards this year. I'd like to see him up around 13 to 15, but I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. We're not Cassidy. I not in charge, but like, yeah, I would be. I would be playing Frederick more. Um, Mm -hmm. Only nine minutes, but um, a noticeable nine minutes. I don't know, wait, I don't know if you mentioned this on the episode, if it was before, like, when we were just talking, uh, like, the Frederick goal, like, at even strength, what what, yep. you, what you said, what you did. 
of what it felt like. Oh yeah. Yeah. What? Or you want me to say it again? I'm well, I, no, I just no, I just no, it's fine. But like, okay. Yeah, it, it felt like that was such a relief. It was like thank God. And like, of all the people I would have picked to score, it would not have been Frederick. Uh, frankly, at five on five, but no complaints. Um, I was fully ready for the top line to get like one. Yeah, still be I, mad that it wasn't someone outside of the top line. Yeah, this team. Uh, breaking news: This team needs scoring help. And I don't think it's coming from within right now. No. And one thing, you know, everyone's been talking about, oh, Ekholm to the to the Bruins. That's what needs to happen. I think they need to. I'd rather them use their assets to get a forward. Like their defense is missing several guys, and they're still defending fairly well. Uh, they they desperately need scoring, and I think that's where they need to prioritize. I know that's probably talk for a little closer to the deadline, but who knows with the whole quarantine thing? If they happen to trade with someone from Canada, maybe they uh maybe trade happens. Well, early. well, yeah, I guess I guess going there if the Bruins send a current player, because I don't think players going from Canada to the U.S. would have to quarantine though, would they? And I, I don't no, know. I don't Is know there a where. mandatory? Because going into Canada, yeah, they have to quarantine for 14 days. Or maybe 10 now, but they have, they have to quarantine for at least 10 days, I'll say, uh, if they go into Canada, which is why trades for Canadian teams are going to be a bit weirder. But I don't know about you know coming in. And really, like, yeah, from a Canadian team, I don't know if the Bruins are really trading for anyone. Like, from the Sens, yeah, let's go get Ryan Dezingle. Like, no, I don't. I don't know if there's like they'd be the Toronto. That's fair. They but... just traded for him. I don't think they're gonna flip him. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. Like, <laughs> they've already traded him once, so why not again? You know, so you can have like no points in the playoffs for a team. Sounds good. No, but I don't know. I feel like. You know, it's funny. I just thought of this. Um, the same people saying fire Cassidy and all that. Uh, talking about like, oh, the Bruins severe lack of uh, goal scoring and everything. But they're still in all of these games because of Cassidy and the coach's defensive systems. Right? Like, no matter who has been in the lineup on D, this mm-hmm. team has still defended I like I don't want to say amazingly, but like it really has been that. Like it's been really good. Yes, there are the occasional mistakes, but this is a young D core. That is that's what's gonna happen. Like Zaboral has been having a rough little stretch. I don't know if you can necessarily scratch him. Um, especially now with Tenorti out, but not enough bodies to do that. No. And he's he we know he's a, a solid defender regardless, so but but really like I get, like I don't want to say I guarantee, but like part of the reason this defense has been so good is because yeah, the coaches obviously Cassidy is a big part of that have set up a great defensive system that locks everything down. And yes, there's the occasional mistake, but that's why you have goalies. If defenders didn't make mistakes, then you wouldn't need goalies. <laughs> big if true. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> the weirdest point i've ever made but somehow that's kind of true um i don't like Mm -hmm. there's not just like one issue with this team and i i kind of spreaded this from your point of well maybe let's trade for a forward instead of defenseman i what forward do you want oh man um well i think there's the obvious philip forsberg Mm -hmm. um I don't know. I haven't really looked too much into... Let me go to the old TSN trade bait, which Jake DeBrusque is number 10 on last I checked. Yeah, I saw that. Do, do you um, remember when uh, Rask was like 7th on that going into the year? Everyone yeah. freaked out. That was so stupid. Ooh, oh my god. Ricardo Kell. I like that one. So Another Anaheim Duck will become the Anaheim Ducks. Come on, let's go. Yeah, Bruins have great luck. Well... Richie's been a hit. Kasha's been hit. Kasha hasn't even had a chance to freaking do anything. That's yeah, Richie has been. Yeah. Richie has been a hit. Kasha has gotten hit. So, 
Um, you said Ricard Raquel, right? Yeah. So the issue, uh, I remember seeing this few day. Uh, I think it was like a week or two ago. Like the Flames checked in on Raquel. Um, but from Elliot Friedman's thirty-one thoughts today. Uh, things can always change, but the price is also high for Anaheim's Ricard Raquel. Calgary wouldn't pay it, and I'm not sure there's a match with Toronto. The Ducks, I think, want young players with a little more of an NHL track record for him. Uh, in this job, you try to understand the personalities you're dealing with. One thing I've learned about GM Bob Murray is he is he can think, not ready to do this, not ready to do this, and then decide, okay, I'm ready, almost catching people by surprise, so let's see where it goes with Raquel. So... As it stands right now, it seems like teams think the price is too high for Raquel. I would 100% be down for Ricardo Raquel's broom, by the way. Um, but currently, it does not seem like he's going to be getting moved unless you're probably... I mean, if they're saying young players with more of a track record, that's probably a DeBrusque plus, obviously. So, I mean, if Raquel is actually consistent, then... Yeah, you kind of do that, but uh, yeah, mm-hmm. Ra- Raquel, Forsberg, Palmieri have been the sort of guys I've been revolving around. I don't know how likely e- any of them are. Um, Granlin's also been in that conversation, but I mean, the Bruins need at least one of those guys or someone of that caliber. Otherwise, like nothing's happening. And now, oh no, do you think? There is a chance that the Bruins get Taylor Hall. Do you think there's any possibility there? Do you think Buffalo would not want to trade? I I don't think they would care about trading within the division just because of this year. Uh, Yeah. And, like, Hall, I mean, he has 16 points in 27 games, but that's two goals. Uh... I I don't know. I think the the price would still probably be a first plus for Hall, even though it's been such a bad year and everything's been weird with him. Um, I don't think they would get him, but I definitely would not be opposed to them getting him. You know, like, if the Bruins got Hall, I'd be like, yep, that's great, assuming the price isn't super high. Like, but I don't know. I don't, I don't see them... Mm-hmm. I just can't see them getting Hall. I feel like he's probably going to go to like, well, as much as I don't want to say it, like the Leafs, maybe the Avs. You talk, uh, you talk about Taylor Hall's uh, points. Well, guess what his line mates are. Oh Lord, um, he is on the first line left wing. First line with... left wing, not with Jack Eichel probably. Oh, Jack Eichel's hurt. So it's oh like right, yeah, okay. Two line mates. I don't know, Tage Thompson and. Uh... I don't even know if Thompson is playing for Buffalo, but... You got him. He's the right wing. Oh, okay. Tage Thompson and... Who's the center on the Sabres now with Eichel out? Is it Reinhardt? Nope, he's on the second line right wing. And it's not Eric Stahl either. He's the second line center. I forgot Stahl was on the Sabres. Riley Shahan. Oh, someone saved Taylor Hall. That's why he's not... Not producing. I don't know how that's your best first line you can come up with. I don't oh, know. I still don't understand Hall signing there in the first place. But honestly, like he probably thought he could just rack up points with Eichel. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then, then get, get a really big payday. Yeah, either rack up points with Eichel and then get paid by the Sabers, or just get traded. Like, yeah, it it makes sense, but. Still got Eichel on, I mean, Eichel Skinner on the fourth line. <laughs> Yikes. Oh, jeez. So. I'm looking forward to talking about the Sabres with Zach next week. Oh, that's going to be so good. Yeah. How do, I don't know. If if we're thinking players to acquire, yeah, it's it's got to be Palmieri, Forsberg, um, Raquel, maybe Grandland, maybe Hall. Um, yeah, I, I think those are the guys. There aren't many too English. There aren't too many like pending UFAs where I'm like, yeah, Bruins got to go out and get them. Where it's like they're actually going to be traded. Like, yeah, Gabriel Landeskog is a UFA, but like that's not happening. You know, Zach Hyman, Mike Hoffman, 
uh, Nugent Hopkins, Ovi even, but like, no, those guys are not going to be moved. So really it's like, yeah, Taylor Hall, uh, and then yeah, Forsberg and them. So those are the options, really. Who knows what's going to happen, but. Hey, Agent Webster on cap-friendly armchair GM. Oh, no. The Bruins acquiring Johnny Gaudreau and two-sevenths from the Calgary Flames in exchange for Jack Stadnika, Zach Senishin, Andre Kasha, John Moore, a second, and a third. Gaudreau is... And also acquiring... Wait, Gaudreau is two years left, right? I do not know. It does not say in here. Oh, wait, it does. Uh, yeah, he's got two years left. I don't hate that deal, but I don't like giving up stud. <laughs> but, like, in that deal, you probably do that. But we're not done. Oh, no. He's also got the Bruins getting Matthias Ekholm, Philip Forsberg, and two-fifths for Jake Brock, Oscar Steen, Vac, and two-firsts. So, can you read out their lines? Because okay. they obviously so, set that up. Yeah. We got, obviously, the top line, Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasta. And we got Gaudreau, Krejci, Forsberg, York, Coyle, Smith, Richie, Corrali, Wagner. Okay, that's the forward. I don't like that Trent Frederick's not in here. You put him in over Wagner. I'm sorry. Um, they got Grizzlick McAvoy, Ekholm, Carlo, Zaborl, Miller. I mean, listen, that's a really good top six. Having Marshawn Goudreau on the left side, Poshnok <laughs> Forsberg on the right, like, that is incredible. And, like, Grizzlick McAvoy, Ekholm Carlo, Zaboro Miller, like, that's amazing. But, like, I mean, okay. If you're going all in, that is what you do. Like, if you're truly going all in, yeah, sure. But... There's there's no way that would happen. Like I, I don't think the Flames would even accept that little for Yeah, Goudreau. especially since he's got the extra year. I mean, you're basically trading Sednika a second and a third with Fenishin, who's... I don't even know what to describe him as. But then you got Kasha, who's injury-plagued. And then you got John Moore, not exactly throwing in too much value there. Yeah, that's actually negative value. So you're bringing the value. But but the good thing is, is that the Bruins are going to get the Flames next two years of seventh round picks. That's really the big... Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's really what they want in that uh, proposal. Yeah, no. Screw it. Take out Goudreau and just get the sevens. Uh, by the way, if DeBrusque, Steen, Vac, and two first is what it takes to get Ekholm and Forsberg, you do that every day. Oh, yeah. Especially with those fifth round picks too. I mean, fifth round picks oh, are they're, like they're not like I kind of meant that semi sarcastically, but not really. I mean, fifth round picks have been proven to be valuable in the past. Yeah, Very. and and I mean so, this this year like the draft outside of probably like the first ten twenty guys. I mean, it's normally just like a complete gamble on everyone, but like even more so now. Like there have been people that haven't played in. In a year, there have been some oh, people yeah. who have been playing a bunch. Like, it's it's going to be all over the place. So, like, really, the value of a first-rounder doesn't seem to be... Like, it doesn't seem to be too valuable at this point. But, I don't know. I <laughs> Listen, if if the Flames got Goudreau, I would not <laughs> complain at all. Uh, if the Flames... Flames. If the Bruins got Ekholm, Forsberg, there wouldn't be much complaints. Obviously, that's pending what the actual trade is but they they got to get one of the guys they got to get someone yeah no absolutely um i guess also tied into that do we want to talk about david Krejci? sure let's do it because i saw you float i not really float the idea but you you asked i don't know what the responses you got were um Oh, I got trade him. I got... I don't even remember. A lot happened. Let me scroll back if I can find it. Bum, 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 bum. Oh, I thought it'd be right there. My notifications. Okay, gotta go to my profile. You can uh, talk shit if you want. About you? Or Krejci? About anything. 
Oh, about anything. Okay, so the New York Yankees. Okay, no. Fine. The Toronto Blue Jays uh, spring training today uh, was not streamed at all because for some reason the Jays just don't like to stream uh, their spring training games. Uh, Yeah, but no, they uh, they had uh, Guerrero, Springer, uh, Bichette, Teoscar, Guriel, Biggio, all of them in the lineup today. Uh, and they beat the Phillies fourteen to five. So, oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you for the update from the Blue Jays corner of the world. Um, Sounds good. I got seven replies on my tweet asking people what they think of Krejci so far this year, and I'll read them all pretty quick. Uh, unlucky, but he needs to fight out of it. Trade him. Worst year of his career. Someone replied with a gif of Trevor Noah saying, "Who?" <laughs> um, someone replied, "He needs to get." Going, he won't waive his no trade clause, which is understandable. Plus, he's given you a lot of a lot over his tenure. Still, he's gotta be. I'm assuming he meant to add better after. Still, he's gotta be. I just think the whole team has been lackadaisical and not interested, which I agree with. Uh, not showing effort, average at best. So, I mean, what do you think of Mr. Krejci? I it's it's such a tough. It's such a tough question. Like, Krejci has always been sort of the guy where it's like, okay, he needs help. Okay, he needs help. Um, And, like, this year, too, like, the lines have been so jumbled. Nothing has been consistent. Like, he lost the guy who was going to be his winger, at least on the right side. Like, what was that? Like, three games in, that's when Kasha got hurt. Probably even sooner. Um, But... He hasn't he hasn't been good enough um to like I guess like truly justify the oh he really needs a winger like he also needs to be better. Um For sure. I would think yeah, it's probably probably the worst season of his career that we've seen at least uh at least in recent memory. Um and like yeah, there are obviously circumstances for that and it's like yeah, pandemic and everything. So like I get it, but yeah, this this is not his best hockey. Like he hasn't been awful. Um, he's got more to give though. He's got more to give. And uh, the funny thing about this is, you can replace uh, the name David Krejci with just about every single person oh, in, uh, in the Bruins forward group outside of Marshawn Bergeron and Pasternak. So I don't know if it's necessarily just a Krejci thing. And I kind of wanted to use Krejci as like a point on this too, where it's like, it's not, it's not just him. He is an easy scapegoat because he makes 7.25 million. I get it, but it is not just his issue. Should he be better? Absolutely. Can he be better? Absolutely. But mm-hmm. the, when the entire team, like we, like I mentioned earlier, like four points for each Smith and Coyle in their last 18, you need more out of, you're paying them a combined $8 million. You need more than eight points in 36 total games, you know, like, it just doesn't you, you can't get that like you need more from everyone crazy to think just two seasons ago Krejci had 73 points in 81 games that's insane that was wait that was 18 19 right yep. yeah it was Debrusque's 27 goal year or whatever it was yeah who, who would have been on, who would have been on the wing that year <laughs> well Rick Na- not Rick Nash whoops wrong year no. um I guess it would have been rotating again, like because some. You remember DeBrus, Krejci, Nordstrom, uh, probably Donato at some time, probably. Yeah, Donato until Marcus he got traded. Johansson. Uh, Johansson. Okay. I mean, Johansson was with Coil a bunch too. Poshnok occasionally in the playoffs would go down. I mean, he even played on the yeah. third line. Um, Bacchus and Coolman too would have been the guys. Yeah. Uh, wow. Krejci shooting percentage so far this year: three point one percent. Yeah, like last year was a fifteen point seven. Let me uh, actually, I wonder if the Bruins have that as just a stat. Hold on. Like, if I can just see everyone's shooting percentage at once. Yes, I can. So, I mean, McAvoy's is five point eight. That's fine. It's he's a defenseman. Yeah, Krejci two point nine percent. Craig Smith six point five. Okay, excuse me. Coils is fourteen percent. But he's, he's only he's line. only shot thirty six times. Jesus Christ, dude, shoot the puck. Um, 
Like Grizzlick, <laughs> I mean he's a defenseman, but like Grizzlick's at two point nine percent, Debrusque is at five percent, um, Corrales at four point five percent, like Bjork at six point seven percent, like mm-hmm. Normally what you see with like solid like top nine forwards is like a shooting percentage from like nine to twelve. And then obviously like good mm-hmm. years or like really good players normally goes like thirteen plus. Like Postnox at like fifteen point seven. Uh, I don't exactly know what his career his career average is fifteen or no, sorry, fourteen point seven. Like Marshawn is at eighteen this year, career average just under sixteen. Like those are your elite players. Yeah, they're gonna shoot fifteen, sixteen percent. That's normally how it happens. But like you you would expect you you expect more. Like really it's yeah. <laughs> I wonder how many times we can just come back to this point of hey yeah. uh Bruins need more. But hey, uh one positive thing to wrap up the David Krejci segment. Uh he's got a fifty six point one percent face off uh percentage. Which is if he keeps on this pace would be the highest of his career, so Mm, that's good. Yeah, the Bruins have been good at faceoffs this year. Like Corrales yeah, at fifty nine point nine. Uh, last time I checked, I think they're either one or two league wide faceoffs. Which I'm not putting too much uh, stock into league wide stats for anything since it's all divisionally based. But yeah, the Bruins are number one in the league in faceoffs with fifty six point three. Next next closest is fifty four point seven. That's Carolina. So. You know what I can't believe? What? The Bruins' power play is 12th. It just shows how good they were in the beginning. Yeah. Like, what they start the season? It was like 10 2 and 1. Yeah, something like that. And they're now uh, 15 8 and 4. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> I mean, they're, oh my god, yeah, penalty kill first in the league, (laughs) 89.3%. Like, they almost have a 90% penalty kill. That's, that's absurd. I I mean, really, power play for the first 11 games when they were 8-1-2 was 33.3%, so. (laughs) Yeah, here's the big thing that I see in terms of stats. Bruins are tied for fourth in the league with Lightning, uh, 2.33 goals against per game. The only teams that are better are Colorado, uh, the Islanders, and Vegas. So, like, you know, the top teams. In terms of goals for per game, though, the Bruins are 24th in the league. I guess tied for 23rd. The Senators are right behind them. There are only seven teams that have a worse goals for uh, per game than the Bruins do. So, not great. That's the issue. Meanwhile, a team like Tampa is, well, we said tied for fourth in goals against per game, and then first in goals for per game at three point six. Uh, I would. It would be so nice to be a Tampa fan. <laughs> would be so yeah, easy. Yeah, imagine. And then they're gonna add Kucherov in the playoffs. Oh my God. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that, but yeah. Oh, Hold man. on, can we abruptly pause this? My cat just knocked stuff over. <laughs> yeah. Do you want Hold me to actually pause, pause? Yeah, I gotta go pick up the stuff. Alright. One... Anyways, so besides that uh, intermission that was actually only like two seconds for you listening, but like five for us, um, we're at 54 <laughs> minutes. Um, so Pretty I'm gonna impressive. I'm gonna read one cat-friendly thing that I just found. Um, oh no. And then, and then we'll do questions. So... And this also does kind of lead into some of the questions, too. So this one is entitled Darth Vladar. So um, this has both... I guess this is more for next year. So I'll, I'll read the trades, and then I'll say what signings these uh, this person has. So Matthias Ekholm to the Bruins for John Moore, Jeremy Lazal, a first and a third. That is not nearly enough um, for Ekholm at all. Uh, I think I saw what you're about to say. Yeah, yeah. And then Anthony Mantha to the Bruins uh, for Jake DeBrusque, John Beecher, and a first. I would actually be really intrigued uh, by Mantha. That'd be, I think that would f- he would fit really well. Um, but then, uh, in the offseason, yep. the Bruins let Rask walk. Uh, they re-sign Carlo 
six years, $5.75 million, which you got to think you can negotiate lower than that for Carlo. Uh, and Nick Ritchie, five years, $3 million per. Don't do that. That's too That's too long. Uh, but then they re-signed Krejci, one year, $5 million per. Corrali, one year, nine hundred k per. I mean, sure. Halak, one year, $2 million per. And then Alexander Ovechkin, one year, $12 million. Um, obviously, this is all hypothetical. <laughs> just want to put that first sign over again. First sign of Ovechkin on Mantha. <laughs> I, I don't, I, I don't know why you do that when you can go Marshawn Bergeron, Posnock, Ov Krejci, Mantha. Because first off, nope. I don't see unless Rask retires. I don't see any way they they let Tuka walk and then bring back. No, Hulk. I, <laughs> I don't see Halak being back this year or this year next year. Uh, unless, yeah, unless Rask is retiring, which, please, no. But no, yeah, they have they have Ovi Bergeron, Mantha, Marshawn Krejci, Posnock, Richie Coilsmith, Bjork, Corrali, Wagner, and then Ekholm, McAvoy, Grizzly, Carlos, Zaboral, Clifton, with Vladar and Halak in that. Um, and when was, was this created before the game? 57 minutes ago. It was oh, It was created right after the game. <laughs> so, he probably had this team all set, and once the clock hit zero, he punched it in. I mean, definitely not going to get Ekholm that cheap. <laughs> no, if you can get Ekholm for like Lazar Moore and whatever it was, a first or second, whatever it was, something like that. Uh, yeah, you do that deal every day, but that's not... That's you not... do that, then you give Nashville a hug. <laughs> yeah, you, you walk down to Tennessee, you find David Boyle, and you just say thank you. Obviously, you can't hug him, come on, pandemic, but... Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, can... I think Krejci will sign for less, maybe. I mean, yeah, if he keeps playing like he has this year. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And he's also made pretty penny in his years, I yeah. think. I think if if he if he stays with the Bruins, it'll be for much less. Like that's the only way he'll come back. Like that's the only way the Bruins will have him back, basically. But with that said, uh, sort of with that Flatar uh, <laughs> transition, so. We have two questions sort of relating to uh, them. So Logan at Logan underscore Cook 2, he said, is Vladar a suitable backup and or starter when Tuka, Tuka and Halak retire or leave? But then also uh, at Nick Robert uh, said, what about Rask and Halak future with the Bruins? Do you think Vladar and Swayman are going to take the lead next year to maybe clear some cap space for signing a second line scorer? I personally think that it's going to be the last season for Halak in a Bruins jersey. Um, do you want to take that first? Um, well, obviously, that's the dream scenario, is that Vladar or Swayman prove that they can be an NHL goalie next year, which I think might be more realistic than we think. And then you can save the money on Halak. I think Halak's probably going to be looking for a spot where he can fully be the starter. I don't know. I thought the same thing before he re-signed for this year, too. So, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think the future could be bright. The Bruins goaltending once Rask and Halak are no longer with the team. But it's tough because you want to find out if they're, if either one of them are NHL ready. But when you got Tuka and Halak, you know, when healthy, there's no starts available. So a little bit of a. I guess you could relate it back to how they did it this year, where they went with their young guys on defense mm-hmm. and just hoped it would work out. Maybe they do the same. Wouldn't necessarily hate it. I'd like to see Vladar get a couple more games this year, if possible. Yeah, I. the thing with that is it's goalies. With defense, you can kind of... I guess, like, play it by ear, but, like, when it's a goalie, I feel like you gotta, like, at least for the Bruins, if they're still planning on contending next year, which I would think so, um, you gotta, you gotta have it, like, like, not necessarily a definitive number one, but you have to have someone who you know will be able to play at least 40 games a year, and you have that in either Rask or Locke. Uh I would prefer Rask, obviously. Um, I think the best case scenario is... You re-sign Rask, hopefully much cheaper than 7 mil. Uh, and then you sort of go, okay, Fladar, Swayman, battle it out in camp. 
and whoever gets yeah. the backup spot gets the backup spot. And then obviously if an injury happens, then the other one gets called up and you sort of do that. I would think probably one or two years for Tuca's extension, like obviously nothing insane. Um, and he's, and hopefully he'll keep playing, but yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's one game, right? Like let's not get ahead of ourselves. Vladar looked really good. Like absolutely. Um, but let's calm down for a bit. One game does not prove that he's going to be the starter. Like Let's now, sleep on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> even that. Like, yeah. Uh, I guess yeah. We didn't really even talk about this. Uh, Jared Tenorti's uh injury, which mm-hmm. was textbook boarding, but not typical boarding that you see get called. And it was definitely a charge. Uh, like that dude came from literally across the ice skating full speed i'm pretty sure that was usain bolt like 99 percent sure that guy oh my god (laughs) yeah i think it was tanev just yeah he came halfway across the ice and it was about like i want to say tenori was about like four feet away from the boards and then just nailed him um obviously i don't think there was any well malicious and malicious yeah but intent by tanev there i was just awful collision with the board and it's just awful to see you know he had been playing fairly solid solid filling in for all the injuries and stuff and Mm -hmm. now just another injury piling up of course another injury to decor which now includes well tenorti moore miller lazala and carlo which is just fantastic um but that kind of brings us to a question from aiden ryan at aiden 63 6337. Uh, he said, Why is it every time a player is having their best game for the Bruins, they suffer a long term injury? Um, I mean, we don't know if it's long term for Tenorti. It kind of looked like it was. Uh, but yeah, no, I thought Tenorti was actually playing really well uh, in that game up until that point, of course. Uh, and, and like he has been, like he's been pretty solid. Like there hasn't been anything really to complain about. There was that one mishap with Clifton. I can't remember what game that happened in, but where it was like, okay, that was that was kind of bad, but like, there hasn't really been anything to complain about. Uh, yeah, just an unfortunate result. Hopefully it's not as serious as it looked. And, and to answer the question, I have no idea. Like, (laughs) I really don't. It's fun. It's fun. Uh, second last question, a bit of a joke one from Will, because of course it's Will. Uh, Will at Charlie Godavoy, of course, asks, "Why hasn't my wife come back from getting milk? Probably because you wanted to trade Craig Smith last night. That would be it." She looked at your tweets and had enough. Yeah, <laughs> one, one scroll through your page, it's like, never mind. Krugenhain for Simmons was bad enough, but then wanting to trade Smith, oof. you've snowballed. Yeah, you've changed. <laughs> hope hope you listen all the way through for this or maybe i'll just i'll tell you to listen to an hour in but uh i will (laughs) last uh last question from ollie at ollie boyd what is wrong with the bruins power play and i'm gonna let you take that to start you know i was looking the other night to see either like a comparison to try to make some kind of tweet argument not a realistic one, but how the Bruins' power play is suffering from not having Krug. I don't know what tonight's percentage will put it at, but the last time I checked, it's actually higher than last year's so far, which is kind of... I know game sample size is very different, but they have no rhythm. They're so out of sync, it seems. And Lord only knows, like, you get a five-minute major and you just suck on it. What in the world? Yeah, I mean, the thing I don't understand, too, is why they haven't changed it up. Like, move Richie off of there. Maybe try McAvoy on the top unit put Jabrusk in Richie's place, like change something like obviously Richie has scored like five or six power play goals, but like 
not for a while. Like, it's been a while since the Bruins power play has been good this year. So why not, you know, maybe move Richie off that. Like, you're going to keep Marshawn Bruce or Postinox. So move one of Richie or Grizzlick. Like, change something there. You have to at this point. And that's also why it's like, well, the Bruins bring in Ekholm. He's really good on the power play, too. So you could you could use him there on the power play uh, as a quarterback. But I don't know. It's just they never... I don't know why they've started... Like, they've just abandoned Postonok's shot. Yeah. I, I know teams have been more... Uh, like, they've paid more attention to it, but the Bruins haven't tried to set it up that much. And they've abandoned Bergeron the bumper. Like, he's there, but they barely feed it to him. It's like, okay, if you're not getting anything or getting any open lanes to the bumper, then don't have him there unless you're shooting from the point and want a deflection, right? Like, it's it's not mm-hmm. crazy to suggest something like this, where it's like, okay, if something's not working or if you're not trying something that previously worked, why don't you go back to that and see what happens? Like feed Pasternak, just have tips in front have if you're gonna have Richie on the power play give him shots to screen the goalie on like they don't even shoot that often too like that's the issue like I Mm -hmm. it's it's just been so so annoying to watch the power play because every single time they get one it's like cool nothing's gonna happen like they looked better on their like shortened like 50 second power plays than they did on the five minute one (laughs) That <laughs> like, was just the epitome of how they've been playing. That that five minute major went yeah. by with quite literally nothing happening. Yep. Bruins uh, hockey. And on that note, uh, it's eleven. Well, it's eleven thirty. We've been doing this for an hour, and because uh, obviously we didn't make a shorter one, even though that was the idea. But <sighs> I guess we just can't stop talking about five on five scoring. But. Uh, who knows what that is, really? Um, but if you don't have anything else to add, then thank you for listening. If you made it this far, uh, as always, uh, wash your hands, wear a mask, uh, stay safe, stay away from others, and 